Get real with the fever on the dance floor. Now who got the fever for the flames? Who can think the way that I flex on a track? Conclusion rampage. We can record point with the knock I stop for my left. That be rolling the mad joints. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the 2300 Pod. Nate Maxson here with you, along, as always, with my brother Aaron. Hello. And ECW's Chad Austin. Don't forget ECW's star. ECW star Chad Austin. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on one of your posts earlier where I was like, star? The only thing I saw was the stars when I was laying on the canvas. <laughs> yeah, but this show, we put you over. We put you over on this show. And on, really? also on the We Can't Wrestle podcast as well. Um, well, this week we are going to be reviewing the episode of ECW from May 25th, 1993. But I would be remiss if I did not say we talked about him actually last week on the show, this past week, losing Tracy Smothers. Sad occasion. Um like I said, a couple last week's last week's show, we had some conversation about Tracy. Um, you guys want to share any memories or anything before we go on with the show about Tracy Smothers? Uh, uh, Aaron, you want to go? Yeah, I I said my story that I have of him last week with the autograph signing and all that. So mm-hmm. good. Yes, Eric. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I just been on. I had just been on. Um, so many shows with Tracy like over the years that it's hard to it's it's just he's one of them guys where you just never expect to not see in the locker room mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you just never expect no Tracy Smothers is going to be here oh that's going to be great you know and he's going to do he's going to do good business and I mean a lot of people don't understand how big of a guy Tracy Smothers is mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a monster of a guy and he's a bad dude you know, he was a bad dude, and, and it's it, it, it's one of them ones where you don't you don't even realize how close it hits to you until it happens, and then mm-hmm. you go like, "Damn!" You know, I never got close to him, even though I had an opportunity to. I just never did. I, I always figured Tracy will be there, right? Well, and, and as a wrestling fan going to indie shows, I, I know for you as a worker saying. Tracy's going to be here. He's going to be in the locker room. As a wrestling fan going to indie shows, it's going to be weird to not go to indie show and he's on it because Aaron and I have been to a lot of shows and Tracy was always there, you know, and and always always probably one of the most entertaining guys on the card and working hard and in autograph signings always took time with with fans and didn't he never made you feel like you were a burden or bothering him or anything like that. Just a really cool dude. He he was one of the most one of the most personalizable people you could ever meet. Because mm-hmm. um, isn't it isn't it you? Was it Aaron that said that he he spelled your name wrong like three different times? Yeah, Aaron, yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's not that he didn't try. It wasn't a yeah. rib on you. Yeah. Like he he just like he just didn't hear you and he spelled it wrong. <laughs> but yeah, but but how personable is that? Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to, he like me personally. When it comes to like doing autograph signings and stuff like that, I'm a big fan of personalizing stuff. Even though I know that my autograph isn't worth shit, like my autograph ain't worth shit, but I'd rather personalize stuff than just sign generic, um, you know, eight by tens that somebody could just sell. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that was the other cool thing was was he, he <clears throat> a lot of these people like you'll you'll I shouldn't say these people a lot of guys you know like when I, when I go I have a bunch of. Um, 
cards and shit. Because I think I think getting a, 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 a card signed is cooler than you know an eight by ten or whatever. I just think it's neater, especially if it's an original card. I got a ton of them, and Tracy signed my card, which I was obviously paying for the autograph for that. And then he was like, "Hey man, you want this eight by ten too?" And then he just signed, he didn't even like. Some of these guys, they charge you twice if they want to charge mm-hmm. the card. They they charge you for the card, and then they try to give it the eight by ten. And I was like, ah, "I'm cool, man." He's like, "No, nah, just take it." He just signed it and and gave it to me. I mean, he didn't need to do that. That's probably because Tracy didn't want to carry it home. <laughs> the, the, the picture. It's like um, it's like a flea market. Every time we go to the flea market, we try yeah, to you want to leave empty handed, selling something, and they try to tell you they want more than what you want to pay for it. You go, "Well, you want to take it home then." The last show we saw Tracy at, just a, one thing that stuck out in my mind, I thought about it. At, I, didn't, I guess I didn't think about it too much at the time, but I, I thought about it this week. Was It was cool at that show because Tommy Rich was there too, and Tracy and Tommy Rich just shooting the shit and being good old boys together. You know, that's That, that was a cool thing to see too. Um, and the outpouring from the wrestling community, it's like Jim Cornette said on his podcast this week, a lot of the original stuff you saw came from the wrestlers and the wrestling community because of how beloved he was in the industry. And then the fans kind of caught on to that. But um, yeah, definitely Tracy Smothers will be sorely missed in the wrestling business from, from the workers and us fans alike. Um, we're going to miss pro- it, it, there, He's also involved in the only stuff that I really liked of that. Uh, the WCW night, like, early 90s version of the uh, the Freebirds. Like, Jimmy Jam and Steve and, and Michael P.S. Hayes was not over with me, but when they had those matches with the with the Young Pistols, god damn. Those are those <laughs> good goddamn matches. Yeah, that, um, that, like, I, I'm so glad that people like Jim Cornette, and I, I said this, like, the day that I heard about the tragedy, uh, the, the day that I heard, I was like, man, I hope somebody mentions the fact that the Southern Boys against the Midnight Express in Baltimore mm-hmm. as one of the best tag team matches. It's a blueprint yeah. for tag team matches, you know? I mean, it was perfect, you know? And Tracy's mother was probably not so much the ring general because he didn't have to be because everybody was as good as he was. Right. You know? <laughs> they just... They just did the match and it just came out like beautifully. It, it was awesome. The and one, of the, one of the greatest things about it is Jimmy said, you know, essentially we went out there and had a good, really, really, really good match as a fuck you to the company pretty much, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, because they had no plans for any of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, didn't want to, they, they didn't even want anything to do with any of them because they had to pay four people plus the referee plus the manager. You know, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well. May 25th, 1993, it says we like to call it here in the 2300 pod, another doozy here this week <laughs> from the world famous Cabrini College Fieldhouse in uh, some, what's the city in Pennsylvania it's in? They, they mentioned it in this episode, but I don't remember what the city is or what the town is, but close to Philly, I assume. It would have had to have been, it would have had to have been somewhere near um, like the outskirts of Philly, because there, there's a bunch of colleges around there. Okay, and I, I'm, I'm assuming Cabrini was one of them, because at, at some point ECW ran the other college. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head for a bigger show with Cactus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they, they, obviously they were outsourcing the smaller arenas for TV tapings, which they just fucking just wore them people out. Jesus, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and 
Rand Randnor. 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 Okay. Yeah. I remember I just I remembered them mentioning it, but I didn't write it down. Um Randnor Nor. Well Sully well we start with a with a repeat of last week's Polly promo on Todd Gordon. Um and then of course Wet Sully and Stevie Wonderful welcome us to this week's edition of ECW. Well, doesn't the whole entire aren't we starting to see a pattern now that when every week they recap what happened last week mm-hmm. as if we need to see it? <laughs> the whole <laughs> like, thing. You know, it's not like just a clip here, a clip there. It's the whole segment. <laughs> so doesn't that clearly doesn't that clearly show that they're actually running out of material, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, so that's where we're at at this point. The Cabrini College is just um it's dead. And, and where's the sign guy? <laughs> Haven't seen him. Haven't seen. I, I I remember seeing him on one of the. And he wasn't at this one though. I don't think. Or he maybe he went home. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go yeah, to work. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> got to work in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, no, I, I will say this in ECW's defense is that they would tape their shows. Them them marathon shows. They would tape them at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Okay, so, so they would go. You weren't were, were there till two in the morning. Yeah. Well, they, they would go until like seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock. But then some of the talent would have to stay until, like you said, later on to do promos mm-hmm. because the hotel was only I don't know it, I, I don't want to say blocks away, but it was it wasn't more than blocks away, you know. Right. You know, a quarter mile away, so it didn't matter to them. But yeah, they got they got to fucking get out of this fucking place. <laughs> Jesus Christ Almighty. <laughs> We start off our first matches a doozy. Well, uh, uh, oh, go uh, ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. When they're hyping, when Jay Sully's hyping, for one, they're hyping that Super Destroyer 3 is going to be here. So let's get <laughs> excited about that. But then Jay Sully goes, and also we got this Jimmy Superfly Snooker defending his TV title. He just called him this Jimmy this. Snooker over here. <laughs> this, this guy. Yeah. What's he this ever guy. done? <laughs> Who he ever beat? <laughs> he, didn't say the, he didn't say the magnificent super. He said this the Superfly Snook is defending his TV belt. That, that, that whole look of Jay Sully, the way that he looked, like his, his expression on his face, he almost looks like Chuck Taylor if Chuck Taylor had like some emotion. And, and then and then there's Steve Wonderful next to him. You're looking at him like if I was scanning the channels and I saw these two fucking, I mean, for, for lack of a better word, I would say turds. If I saw these two guys on TV, I go, "What the fuck are these two guys talking about?" I mean, because Jay Sully looks like he has the poop, <laughs> and 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 Stevie Wonderful, Wonderful looks like he did. <laughs> Stevie Wonderful is depleted Dallas Page. That's what I'm calling him now, depleted Dallas Page, because. <laughs> Deflated well, down. No one, no, no one, Dally. You'll probably sue him. <laughs> you know, for gimmick infringement. Stevie Wonderful. Stevie Wonderful's yoga. Yeah. <laughs> so, the first match of the show, Super Super Dallas. Destroyer Three, which who, who knows who that is, against HD Rider, one of the Hell Riders. Uh, Super Destroyer 3, for those of you not watching along, you should be, because we shouldn't have to suffer through this alone, is Sal Balomo, who's one of the MVPs of these early shows, by the way. You ain't kidding, man. (laughs) 
he's playing up the gimmick, showing the showing his face from under the mask. I I wrote down about this. The if you listen to the commentary of this match, it's like the prototype for current WWE commentary. Like these two guys and their banter is terrible. It's awful. And the fake laughter and the, yes. Yeah. What do you mean he's playing stupid? <laughs> What's that? Like you mean he's playing stupid? Yeah, just like, the the, the well, stupid. I mean, jokes I mean, and they, the, they they kind of got who it was at the end, and I thought it was funny because, in my opinion, I thought that Sal was lifting the mask up for breathing issues. I think well, I think that's what he was going for. Like I think he they, was, didn't, they, they didn't sell more. No, they didn't. No, they didn't at all. <laughs> I was like, hey, he's, he's lifting the mask up, and the one time he did the shh, but then after that, he, he was lifting the mask up because he can't fucking breathe. <laughs> and, and they kept saying like he's got a mask issue. He, he can't get his mask on where he can see properly. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Salvatore Bolomo had one hell of a drop kick. <laughs> That, that was a that was a yeah. um for a guy, for a guy Salvatore's weight and, and age and whatever that was a hell of a drop kick he threw in there. <laughs> That's not here, Kaden. Yeah, Sandman should have even more shame. Sal <laughs> Balone was doing a better drop kick than you, and he's blown up. <laughs> yeah, Salvatore Salvatore has been the saving grace of um um of the whole entire. <laughs> You want to see what the hell he's going to do every week? Yeah. Like, what's Sal going to do this week? Old Sal. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder I if even Eddie or Paul even directed him. <laughs> you know, like maybe he just said, "This is what I'm going to do." <laughs> this is what am I going to do? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he. Uh, maybe the feds were on to him because of his 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 child stuff, and he started wearing the mask because <laughs> he needed to hide his identity. <laughs> wow. Well, I- uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into that. That kind of thing. I have no idea what his. Uh... I love the kids. I just don't want to touch your kids. <laughs> Damn it, Sal! Damn it! <laughs> Settle down, Sal. That's all he wants to do is deal with the kids. <laughs> well, Sal is attacked at this point by uh, the Super Destroyers and Hunter Q. Robbins. So this is setting up a classic feud. Yes, the gimmick infringement feud between the Super D's and uh, Sal Balomo. Can't well, wait. Obviously, obviously, this feud doesn't last that long. It can't. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, yeah, yeah, it can't because we're we're only what a, a, a month and a half, a month and a half away from the Paulie regime. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're already starting to see like how they're already starting to um, phase out some of the talent that's already there. So we're starting to see like new guys. I mean, no, no, we're not starting to see new guys. We're starting to see how they're starting to replace the guys with new positions. Mm-hmm. I will say this though: I'm slightly intrigued on finding out who's going to come to Sal's like rescue and who's going to be his partner. Like it actually kind of does interest <laughs> me a little bit. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I think probably JD Smith. Yeah, I can see that. Cause I I like I like how um how Eddie and Paul like JT. Mm-hmm. Like I see it, I see a little bit of um talent in JT. Like he's, the hometown crowd loves him. He's been another one of the shining the shining things in these shows. Except for when he does high spots. Workhorse is happening yeah. right now. My 
No, I agree. I totally think JT was one of the one of the guys that Eddie and Paul were like, he's homegrown, he's cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, let's book him because he's over, or at least more over than you know Larry Winters. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Speaking of which, the Simpsons are up next, defending their tag team titles in. I put down what was not a terrible match. Decent, um, although. Uh, so anyway, folks, it's uh, it's Winters and Stetson defending their tag team championships against the Suicide Blondes, um, Chris Candido and Johnny Hotbody. And um, one of the things I wrote down to start, and then I'll let you guys uh, chime in. The, the first part of this match, not this, not the whole match, but the first part of this match. And Chad, you can tell me if I'm off base, but I thought the first part of this match, Candido wrestled like a babyface. He. Well, you know, he, he uh, felt like the he felt like the babyface for a lot of the match. I I don't want to say that I agree because I totally see what you're talking about. But he took bumps like a heel, like he did the mm-hmm. fucking big bumps, like that he's supposed to do. But I'm like, dude, none of this made any none of it made any sense. Like he's just bumping Candido around, <laughs> like for for no reason. And then there was um a, a completely botched back body drop yep by like <laughs> I, I don't know what that was he was supposed to like you know it's one of the things where when you throw a guy into the ropes if, if you're trying to call a match on the fly you have to tell the guy what the fuck they're going to take mm-hmm. when you throw you know throw him into the ropes but he throws what's his name into the ropes and he doesn't do anything he just bends over the other guy just runs into him <laughs> that's that's just like just Tell the guy, backdrop. How hard is that? Backdrop. <laughs> yeah, that, was was, a- um, that was a shame. I mean, the Super D's, in my opinion, they're pretty much running their course. And the Suicide Blondes are uh, what I think is a step up as far as the tag team division. But they, they still have a lot to go because Stetson and Hotbody or Stetson and Winners are just come on. I'm, I mean, I, I like I like Stetson personally. I do. Winners, I don't know. But I mean, Jesus Christ almighty. <laughs> when the, I, thought when, I thought when Candido and Stetson were in there together, it was it was passable. But it's like any other part of the match was just rough. Like there was a spot where can't where Winners was trying to wrestle at Candido's level and they did a thing where it was, I, I don't know all the sequences or whatever, but it was the deal where you, you the guy winds up on his back and as the, the guy's running at him, he puts his legs up and flips him. And it was just Candido was trying to do it with him and Winters was in like super slow yeah. motion. Yeah, he, he went through the motions and he expected yeah. Candido to do the rest of it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was a beautiful DDT by Larry Winters, if that's what you want to call it. I, I I even put a star next to it. Like, what a DDT. <laughs> like, Good job, Bart. <laughs> yeah. He threw the guy, the guy threw him into the ropes, he went for a backdrop, and he DDT him. And and it, if you want to talk about the end of, of finishing moves, like how the you know how the decline of finishing moves went over, mm-hmm. how he died. There you go. Larry Winters DDT in the guy and, <laughs> and it wasn't even a victory. It's not the finish. It wasn't even a win. Fuck. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, we have new tag team champions. Yes, yes. Well, you know, at, at one point, at one point, it was great if you were John Finnegan, the referee, because he got ref bumped. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to see the rest of it. 
<laughs> All we had to do was turn around when when they did the shitty fucking chain spot, you know, for the finish. Yeah. The old Memphis That's a great finish, but it's been done so much, but you would have thought they could have done it way better than that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it could have been done way better. Uh, I don't know if it's the people that were doing it or how it was laid out, but yeah, you you can see where that spot could have been done a way a lot better than that. And I, I looked at it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, the, the stupid little tiny chain spot? <laughs> well, and I will say this, honestly, I, I really believe you watch this match, folks, and you look at Candido... Hot body, Winters and Stetson, and it's definitely a one of these things is not like the others kind of thing because um, you can see it in Candido, you know. But these other guys, I don't know. Well, I, I actually wrote I actually wrote down on um on on my notes is that you can clearly tell that Candido is is the star of this match. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he he's the guy. The rest of the guys, no no offense to any of the rest of the guys in in the match whatsoever, because I'm friends with some of them. They are just regular independent guys. They would be great on on bot shows. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know what they are. They would be great on bot shows, which are if somebody pays money to buy a show, much like the Saudi yeah. shows, mm-hmm. and they hey well, I, party I or. Yeah, you know, you know how it is, and them guys are all great for that. But Candido is is clearly um, showing that he's above and beyond that because he's only probably like one or two years older than me at this point. Mm-hmm. So he'd be twenty one, twenty two, twenty three around that age. And anything else on that match, guys? Before I move us on. No, I just thought I just thought that Candido just clearly showed that he was the star. And at mm-hmm. some point during the match that he wasn't even, he didn't even give a fuck that he was in a match with them guys. He was just going <laughs> to get himself over. You know what I mean? He was going to get himself over. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole him. entire, the whole entire telling Johnny Hotbody his hair is blonde thing. What the fuck? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, you know, and, and Steve Wonderful's going, his hair looks blonde to me. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> I know your quality of your TV shows is somewhat, you know, iffy, but you can clearly tell his hair is brown or black or whatever. Your color, your color guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So we have uh, Jay Sully and, and Todd Gordon at ringside, and then uh, Polly comes out with um, Don Morocco, and he is challenging Sandman. He wants to challenge the Sandman for the ECW title. Um, I'll let, he he does say something about him ha- himself. He says about himself that he has a cumbersome waist. I don't I know, think yeah. either Morocco's ribbing himself or he doesn't know what the word cumbersome means. Because no, I, I, I think, I think he totally knew what he was talking about. Because <laughs> at the end of the, I, I think, at, the I, at the at the end of it, Paulie's like, "Hey, you ready for this match?" And Bob Morocco's, "Yeah, order some Domino's," and then he gets in the ring. <laughs> He's like, it's yeah, going to be I, over I, quick. I think, I think Morocco was like truly trying to prime himself for like, yeah, I'm ready for this. And then when he put his, his two chubby hands around his waist, and then he realized <laughs> it took a little while longer to reach the back of his waist, he realized that his waist was cumbersome. Yeah, yeah, Morocco <laughs> and, knew and what he was trying. That was a great comment, you know? 
Because we're, we're vastly approaching one of my favorite matches of the whole entire show. <laughs> where, where Ernesto almost gets killed. <laughs> yeah, Ernesto Benefacto. <laughs> Beneficial. <laughs> He's my favorite. <laughs> I can't I can't tell you how much I love Ernesto Beneficio. Or as later on as later on we'll 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 um we'll reveal that his name was also Herve Ernesto. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's the guy that saved me from getting beat up by Stan Hansen. That's <laughs> why the, I love him. Yeah, I was gonna say he's the hero of the show for that. Because you're you're he's, able he's to my hero. You're, you're able to I be here. To you're able to you're able to be here with us and and speak through your through your own mouth and it's great. <laughs> I used to love seeing her. Godspeed, Ernesto Benefacto. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Brother. He's the best. <laughs> like literally, when I when, when I was I was um my first show I was supposed to work Stan Hansen. And Jesus Christ, it's so windy here. <laughs> and I looked at my lineup and it said Chad Austin versus Dan Hansen. And I was like, oh my God. And I think I told you guys, maybe mm-hmm. Nate there, I told you one of you guys that I went to Stan and I said, well, I'm working you tonight. And he said, well, I can't see what I'm hitting and I can't hit what I'm seeing. <laughs> so I thought that I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get killed. And then like, for some reason, I don't know what happened, but Paul changed the thing. And I walked up there and it said Ernesto Beneficio, and I, I ran over to him and I was like, "Thank God," <laughs> because you know I was green, I was young, mm-hmm. I was probably twenty three years old, and who wants to get beat up by Stan Hansen? <laughs> Fuck not me. Is that is that match is that match coming up televised or was that? Do well, you know? I, well, well, I, I don't know. Mm, yes, with Hanson. Yeah, yeah, I believe it is because it's in the it's in the clips of the show where they it's where he's got him tied up to the post and he's like beating on him and shit. Oh, yeah, okay. because I mean you, you, you'll start to see a difference in ECW when they change the ring because um, he beat up um, Herve Ernesto Beneficio like with the old Max Thrasher ring, mm-hmm. and then like <laughs> shortly after that is when they start seeing the other ring that that Paul. That Paul got, which was from um, um, uh, what's his name, Rocco, Rocco Rock. Okay, hey, Cody. Yeah, that big ring you see. Mm-hmm. That was um, that was a Rocco Rock ring. So once we start seeing the change in the ring and then quality, that yeah, that's when it all starts changing. We are definitely looking forward to that. And also, now, during who, who is it? Then <laughs> also during the match, he stops beating up Ernesto, and this is how I also know he, the Cumberson waste thing was funny because he grabs the phone and he's talking on it, and he's like, "Yeah, I want a pepperoni and some sausage," and he's like ordering a pizza during the match, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, what about that whole entire tackle spot, <laughs> like where he it, it was a drop down? I'm really not going to drop down. Um, you're going to run into me. I'm really not going to sell it. And I'm going to run in slow motion when I step over top of you. Like, spot. I'm just like, this is like, I, I, I didn't know if it was a botch, honestly, at first, or it was the fact that he's just like, no, I'm not selling, you know? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not selling for you. <laughs> 
But I love then, I love her. I love I love Ernesto. He's the best. And then uh, Don almost kills him yes. with, <laughs> with this pile driver. And I don't know, since I'm not a wrestler, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Ernie's fault or if it's Don Morocco, but it was it was pretty <laughs> bad. It was pretty no, bad. I thought I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was perfect. <laughs> She's a, in the bathroom. I thought it was perfect. I mean, um, because I perfectly wanted to see like where he drove his head. <laughs> because I thought that, you know, a lot of times them guys they take liberties, you know? Let's mm-hmm. be honest. It's not always, you know, peaches and cream and shit with that kind of shit. And a lot of guys take liberties, the young guys. Right. And I was like, Well, what is Morocco gonna do? And I watched where he put his head at. And he put his head right in the same spot that was mm-hmm. perfect. And he literally his his top of his head may have touched the top of the of the canvas. Right. And I was like, Well that's cool. He took care of him. But he made him look stupid the whole entire <laughs> earlier in the match. It's it yeah, this was this was uh I don't I don't know what if I want to call it painful or fun, but it was painfully fun to watch anyway. Um overall, decent segment. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, if you're trying to get Morocco over, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, it's set up a why would you, match and everything, so it's okay. Yeah, why would I mean? Wh- wh- why would you try to get Morocco more over? <laughs> I mean, what do you need to do? Do you really think beating Ernesto Beneficio is <laughs> is uh is really going to get his credit score up? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like he 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 needed that win, and then. Now we replay. We get more, same, we get more tractor tips with Terry. Yes, the same, uh, the same uh, Terry Funk spot or same same Terry Funk, sorry, segment from like three or four weeks ago with the Freddie Gilbert or whatever they called that dummy. Um, it with was the, the real hot stuff. The real hot stuff, Freddie Gilbert. Um, like you said, Chad, they're repeating things because they're running out of things. Yeah, I mean, totally. It's just like, um, but it's it, it's amazing to me. Like, did the the ECW send the camera crew down there because the quality's the same? That's what I can't mm-hmm. figure out. Like, the quality's the same. Did Eddie Gilbert pay somebody to go down there and shoot these promos? Because it's not like it's better quality, less quality. It's the same quality, right? But they keep showing them <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get our money. I mean, get we're, our money's we're not, worth out of the trans, I guess, for sending the cameraman down there. <laughs> well, we're not. We're not far from. Um, I understand what was going on when he said he was his brother, because we're not far from Freddie Gilbert mm-hmm. um, appearing, and we all know who Freddie Gilbert was, right? It was um, Jared Lawler's kid. Oh. oh, yeah, Kevin Lawler. Yeah, the referee. Yeah. So I thought they were going in that direction or they were going to introduce originally. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they obviously could still do it, but I mean, that was a poor um, introduction, in my opinion, if they were going to go um, that this is going to be, you know, Kevin Lawler as the referee guy. Because I, I know that Kevin moved up here in like 93 to help Eddie do like personal shit. But yeah, I, I I was a big fan when when Kevin came in because I I really like Kevin. Did he? Did Kevin Lawler ever wrestle? Well, he did, but he didn't. He was always um 
if you watch Memphis, he's always under a hood. Okay. I think he was like the I think he was like the bee stinger or like the um you know the milkman or um <laughs> you know he was always under a hood. If, if nobody could make it or, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. then Law would put him under a hood. So yeah, he worked a lot, but for some reason I don't know the reason why, but I can't believe that Kevin was the black sheep of the family and not Brian. Right. At, at, <laughs> at this point. Obviously Brian had uh had black sheep written all over him in the end, to be honest. Um, so now we have, here it is, the culmination already of the uh, the hot feud between Th- Max Thrasher and J.T. Smith. Oh, Jesus. It's the Wolfman and Thrasher, the ring guys, against uh, J.T. Smith and Tommy Cairo. And, you know, Chad, I want to thank you for letting me know about J.T. and Wolfman being friends and they had the ring and everything because to me, it gives them a whole new gimmick in my, you know, I'm watching them with a new gimmick. Now they, they're over with me. They're the ring guys. Why are you thinking about running a show? <laughs> no, no. And you need somebody <laughs> to put the, to bring the ring and put it up. He's a great first match guy. <laughs> uh, you know, it was funny. I don't know if you guys caught it, but did you notice that the, the network, they started it where it looked like it was going to be Cairo against the Wolfman. Because they didn't, they cut it. They cut it late to where you didn't see it was Cairo and JT against um, the Wolfman and Max Thrasher. No, I was I wondering why. Why are there two that. other people? Why are there two other people in the ring? And then when they introduced um, Cairo and JT, I was like, "Oh, it's a tag match." Because <laughs> it must have been. It must have been timing. I'm, I'm not going to say Gilbert fucked up or anything. It must have been a timing issue because I thought it was a singles match, but I was wondering why there was four people in the ring. When I watched this match, I was like, this is two professional wrestlers. Because JT Smith and Tommy Cairo look like professional wrestlers. I put in this as this is two pro wrestlers versus two scuzz buckets. Because that's what <laughs> Canadian Wolfman and fucking Max Thrasher, just a couple scuzz buckets. Well, I, after I wrote, thank God this is over. <laughs> um, I, I realized, like, I realized how hard it was for me to go to Tommy Cairo and tell him that I was going over in a match that we had. <laughs> like, this guy could clearly, Paulie could have found something better for him. I, I don't, I don't have any idea what his political affiliation was with anybody in the office. Mm-hmm. But clearly, Paulie had no ideas for Tommy Cairo, and I don't, I don't know why. Me neither. I, I think, and I think. Go ahead, Aaron. I, I was just going to say that JT and Tommy did like really good in this match together. And if I wanted to get my tag, like I honestly put, I was like, if I'm going to put a tag team division together, these guys looked like a tag team to me. Like they, like I would have made these guys my tag chance. Except for that rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. But that was because it was from the second rope. So it was kind of silly. Oh, the second rope. I mean, could you imagine you would have done it from the bottom rope? <laughs> Holy mackerel. <laughs> That would have been the that they could have that could have been the end of the end of his career. <laughs> I put a note here that as one of the running running things of ECW seems to be that Tommy Cairo gets in everybody's business. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's yeah, and, and it seems like he don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, he's just around. Just whatever you guys need me to do tonight, <laughs> my fellow baby faces, whatever you need me for, I'm here for you. Tommy Cairo, yep. the Iron Man. Yeah, it seems like it seems like that everybody has a problem. Everybody has a problem with him, but yet he don't even fucking realize it. (laughs) Like you know, he's just like I'm just here to wrestle, and they're like, we don't like you. 
And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, then, I um, mean, I, I totally agree. And then during this match, they put a um, they put a crawl at the bottom of the screen. Okay? Hyping the Summer Sizzler series or whatever they want to call it. The Super Summer Sizzler. That's what they called it. It's coming up. And they're going to have two, two Philly Street Brawls. But did you notice what it said? It said two Philly Street Brawls. But brawls was spelled B W A W L S. Brawls. Brawls. Well, I mean, it's Super Eddie Gilbert. And nobody else, nobody noticed. Brawls. Yeah, wait till you see the attendance of that show. I don't think anybody noticed that either. I, I think at the time. I think that may have been the best. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the ECW arena, right? When they had that show. Yeah, it's. I think. Yeah, I, yeah that one's in the ECW arena. Yeah. Yeah, that would have had to been like one of them, like turning points. Because at some point, didn't you see Todd like do a promo, and he says that um, I wrote that he's Todd Sardamus because he was cutting the promo and he's like, ECW was going to be on the map, and I was like, oh yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, for better or for worse, you guys are going to be on the map. Definitely going to be on the map. Yeah, um, I mean, um, the Chainsaw Massacre match, I, I, I want to believe, I'm pretty sure I was there. And I want to say, it, 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 at the most, it probably drew 800, maybe. Mm-hmm. Which was humongous for the East of the Arena, considering it wasn't primed for 1100 no or 1200 right. it was um it was still a small time venue the i think it's stevie wonderful in this match i know i probably want to move on from this match but i did have a note here that stevie wonderful i don't know if it was stevie wonderful or um or uh, jay sully cuz i didn't write down who said it but somebody compared tommy cairo to a young rick steiner yep during this his match. body cut mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah not his coordination <laughs> not his athleticism <laughs> Not as talent, uh, but the fact that it can almost lift the same amount of weights. That's, 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 a, that's an unbelievable comparison. <laughs> yes. Good job they, for our, they, from our commentary team. They both, like, much like, much like Rick Steiner, he has, he has two feet, two hands, yeah. a head, yeah. a couple of ears. Got big boobies. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally I heard that. I was like, I, I totally heard that, and I said, what are you talking about? Like, how the hell can you compare Rick Steiner to Tommy Cairo? I'm not taking anything from Tommy Cairo. Right. But, I mean. I it mean, was a terrible say, comparison. <laughs> Let's just say it. It was a terrible comparison. Well, yeah, I don't know where he got it from. Maybe Steve Wonderful didn't know anybody else besides Rick Steiner. <laughs> I mean, if he would have said he looked like Barry Horowitz. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, he kind of does. Because <laughs> he's laying on his back. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that that match that match I, I I wrote literally thank God that was that was over because as soon as Max Thrasher turned tagged in um, Dudley, um, Dudley I, I have no offense against, but he's just terrible <laughs> and he, he he's ridiculously bad and he's <laughs> and he's a perfect guy to be in that position where just don't do anything mm-hmm. other than just when I hit you, you just fall down. Just lay there and just lay there. And for God's sake, pull your goddamn pants up. <laughs> yeah, how many times have we got to see him do that? Like, how many times have you been in a street fight where some guy knocks you out? And then the, the, the last thing you're worried about is pull your pants up. 
like one of my one of my best friends in the wrestling business is Axel. Mm-hmm. Axel, like you know, left us about five years ago or whatever. But he was one of them guys that he was always um he always fat shamed himself because he had a big belly, mm-hmm. and every time you would give him a hip toss or a body slam, he would always somehow he would sell it, but he would find some way to pull his shirt down or pull his pants up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you doing that? <laughs> like it looks like you're not even selling the move. You know, you're more worried about your fucking dick hanging out or your belly hanging out than you are selling the move. But it, it just, it just, he just did it all the time. And it was one of the things where I would always beat him up about in the car rides. Like, mm-hmm. you're stupid. Why do you do that? And his tag partner, Balls, was the opposite. Balls would just be flopping around. Excuse the expression, Balls <laughs> flopping around. But Mahoney'd just be, you know, shirt up, flopping around, his ass crack hanging yeah. out. Yeah, that's it how didn't matter. It. That's how you sell it, it Balls. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, it, it, did, it, it didn't matter at all, you know. But, yeah, but Dudley, I mean, I don't know what he was trying to cover up. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, <laughs> flapping around. That's, the name, first the, time. that's the name of the episode. <laughs> All right. You're going to so, get the wrong kind of traffic, buddy. You <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we have that World Television Championship match yeah. everyone's been waiting for. The rematch, rematch. The big rematch of the tournament finals. That uh, that Superfly Jimmy Snooker guy. <laughs> Going up, ran out just like this. This Jimmy Snuka over here, he's going to defend the (laughs) TV title. (laughs) We have no idea why he won it. Um, against Glenn Osborne, Aaron's favorite. (laughs) Ollie has a great line. A great line. He introduced introduced the superfly Jimmy Snuka as the ECW TV champion and goes, And what a fine TV production it is. Well, he's not lying. He's, I mean, he's, he's dropping hints. He's dropping hints. He, goes, he is the TV champion and what a fine television production <laughs> it is. Well, if you notice back in the earlier show, even I think this week's show where Paul Lee was bitching about how Ricky Dink ECW was. Mm-hmm. Because you're just in Philadelphia. He was in WCW with billions of dollars, you know. And all this other stuff, and now he's in Philadelphia with some Mickey Mouse operation. But yeah, Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure Jimmy Snuka even knew where the fuck he was at. <laughs> like he he actually he actually wore boots again. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think he took his boots off for the whole entire weekend because somebody <laughs> had to tell him that you had to work a couple times. So he's like, you know what, brother? I'll just wear my boots the whole entire time. <laughs> and he just kept them on, and he didn't know what was going on. He um, that, that, no, go ahead. that clothesline over the top rope though that was a doozy. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> I, I've never seen anybody get eliminated from the Royal Rumble that they did themselves. <laughs> you know, like the guy, the guy, he barely, Glenn Osborne. God bless his heart, because I think Glenn Osborne it comes out of the same class as me as far as when they came into the business, and he pretty much got the same treatment as me. Is where he got a whole lot real fast. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know how to handle it, you know, like not not handle it as far as the fame, but you're wrestling all these big name guys. So he didn't really know what to do. And what are you going to tell Jimmy Snuka? I'm not going to do this. Right. And Jimmy Snuka is probably going, well, why do I take a fucking dive over the top rope for this fucking hand bone? And 
kind of thing. And when he hit him with a, a clothesline, that was so bad. And Snuka like runs over to the rope and bounces off of it. <laughs> you know, you saw it, right, Aaron? You yeah. saw it, right? Yeah. Where he, he kind of like he, he he helps himself over the top rope, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh god, he's trying <laughs> to help Glenn out, but is you really not helping him out when it's that bad? But of course, Snuka wins with a with a super flash splash again. So you're really doing wonders for your new talent. Yeah, no kidding. He's uh, jobbed out twice to Snuka. Yeah. This was an unneeded match. That, that, it just leads me to believe that Gilbert was just using um, Paul, not Paulie's money, but Todd's money just to get the most he could out of whatever he had. And you can see it. It's the same, what, six people, eight people? Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron, I would, Aaron, I wouldn't even say it was unneeded, an unneeded match. I mean, from a from a booking standpoint, you have a championship rematch. But the match itself was definitely not stellar. <laughs> By yeah, any it didn't have any. It didn't have any heat. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's that's what I'm saying. Like a, there was. There's times yeah, that we've talked about during. They, they could have had an angler time in it. Well, and there's times that we've talked about during this whole show as we've as we've evolved here. Like Chad said a couple of times about how they're essentially trying to do the best they can with what they have. And I see, I saw that a little bit in this match. Like, it didn't have heat, but I could tell where they were trying to put some heat on it because they had the Dangerous Alliance slash Hot Stuff incorporated all out there around ringside. I mean, you could tell they were trying to put some I know, kind but, of heat but on it. But my thing is, like, let instead of replaying an entire segment from last week at the beginning of the show, why not use that time to let Glenn Osborne attempt to cut a promo at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show and saying, you know, tonight I'm going to, I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to right this wrong of me losing my match and I'm going to win the TV champ. A hundred percent agreed. Why, you know why I mean? wouldn't like, you take it, that opportunity? Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you take that opportunity to give, to give Glenn Osborne? I'm sorry, guys. Can you hear the wind in the background? Yeah, but we can hear you though. It's cool. Okay. I mean, why, why wouldn't you give Glenn Osborne the opportunity to, um, to eat, at least speak his mind mm-hmm. as to why yeah. he lost. And, cause, I mean, because in my opinion, I would have gave the whole entire. I was intimidated. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, yeah. I, I'm wrestling Jimmy Snooker. I was I was completely intimidated, and you know, when I lost the TV title thing, and now I'm going to redeem myself. But yeah, the, the match but- was so the match was so independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Though he could have cut the uh, the butterflies are gone now. I know. I kind of know what I'm dealing with. Even if he loses, you know, you, like you said before, way to you know, way to way to get the uh, guys that are coming back next week over <laughs> over the uh, the guy that may or may not be here next week. Um, yeah, Glenn Osborne didn't have to win, mm-hmm. but he didn't have to lose clean. Or if he lost clean, he could have lost with a fuck. Right. You could have fucked him. And that way, it would have made him look decent for when he comes back and he, and he promises to challenge again mm-hmm. for the TV title. So that was a, that was a faux ball on Gilbert. But see, Gilbert, in my opinion, Gilbert books like Memphis. He, he, he tries to book things like long-term, but long-term is not something you can, you can book on an independent company. Right. Because you, you never knew who's going to be there. So... We're about to wrap up the show, actually. Um, we got uh, Jay Sully and Todd Gordon out here. And 
Eddie Gilbert comes out to give him some shit about this. Uh, what is, I, you know, what's the match? It's the Texas Texas chain match. The te- <laughs> Texas Chain Massacre. <laughs> I like Chad's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I like it. <laughs> it um, it's, it's what it was. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I mean, they cut to a Terry Funk promo where he's talking about where this is my type of match. I've never heard of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre match before. <laughs> never. And it, and how the fuck does that benefit Terry Funk? Because isn't Terry Funk the master of the bull rope match or the Texas death match? Since when do these Texas guys use chains? And the the biggest reveal came during of the night came during the, the Eddie Gilbert Todd Gordon promo though, because apparently in this storyline when Eddie and Todd were kids, uh, oh, geez, Eddie, sorry. Eddie, Eddie Eddie Gilbert killed Todd Gordon's family. Oh, Jesus Christ. I I got that written down, too. And I wrote a question mark on, what the fuck is it about about Todd Gordon's family dog? (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, but where'd the story go? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He said, said, Eddie Gilbert, you were a teenager. Why the fuck was Todd, Why the fuck was Eddie Gilbert in Philadelphia hanging out with Tommy with, with uh, Todd Gordon when he was a teenager? Um, <laughs> Killing you know, dogs and shit. Yeah. <laughs> a- after all the stories I've heard about Todd Gordon, who I ain't got a bad word to say about because his check's always cleared. But what are you doing hanging out with a young Eddie Gilbert? <laughs> with, with, ha- having animals involved? Yeah, I, that that was that was strange to me. Mm. It was weird. It was just this out of nowhere. Yeah, I did not. I did not see that coming at all. He's like, "You <laughs> killed my dog, man." <laughs> I, I mean, wh- wasn't he insinuating that, that Eddie Gilbert got him like drunk or something? I think so. And then he <laughs> killed his dog, and Eddie said, "If I would have had a chance, I would have got the other one." It's like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. is going on? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have no idea who booked this, but clearly, it just didn't go anywhere. I, I mean. Like, they're like, hey, we ran out of funk footage. We need to, <laughs> we need to get something else going here for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we don't you remember match. when you killed Todd Gordon's dog? And he goes, no. He goes, well, hurry you up. Did, you did now. Remember it. <laughs> yeah, hurry up, and don't forget you killed Tommy. You, you killed Todd Gordon's dog. <laughs> if you would have had a chance, you would have got the other one. <laughs> the, the, the one, the one, the one thing I don't like about Eddie Gilbert about this time is that Eddie Gilbert is way better than getting cheap heat. By wearing a New Jersey Devils jersey, <laughs> like I, I know Eddie Gilbert can do better than that. Mm-hmm. That was just cheap heat, you know. He was wearing a New Jersey Devils jersey while he was managing Morocco and and Snook and all, and that's just cheap heat in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like the crowd goes banana for that shit. It's, as we'll <laughs> see later on in, in the ECW in the ECW shows, but you know he's like, I'm just getting cheap heat. But like Eddie Gilbert, you're better than that, but. It almost seems to me like he was just fucking, I don't know. I, I don't want to say cruise control, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He was just booking what he has. And and they have they, – they don't have a roster, in my opinion. They don't have a deep enough roster to, like, to go on at, with, you know, with this. When, when Ty Gordon was talking about how we're going to be on the map, you're not going to be on the map with this nonsense. <laughs> like, clearly you're not, you know? But boy, so, we were wrong. Anything about the funk promo before we 
just thought it was a basic Terry Funk promo. Yeah. It sounded like he was on probation. <laughs> and, and he was cutting that promo for a probation officer. Because you know I love all you people in Philadelphia. And, 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 like, what do you mean? <laughs> you love all these people in Philadelphia. You, you've seen the best and you've seen the worst. Well, I don't think they've seen the worst yet. Because don't we still have another Cabrini College show to do? Yeah, yeah like two or three of them, buddy. <laughs> oh, well, fuck. Well, Terry fucking don't even have any idea what he's talking about then. <laughs> and Jay Sully, to end this show says and i quote we will be right back next week <laughs> did you catch that no i didn't catch that he said we'll be right back next week <laughs> well Nate sully it's amazing to me because because uh i don't know which one it was was it you nate or aaron that said that, that steve wonderful was the guy that was the um with the sound guy or something yeah yeah he was a sound guy and then jay sully i don't know what he was like before wrestling but Neither one of these two had any wrestling experience whatsoever. <laughs> it's very obvious. Yeah, and they're I, out I, there calling wrestling. And it's just like, come on, dude. Every week I try to learn something new about Stevie Wonderful <laughs> or figure something else out about him. And I figured I found something out about Stevie Wonderful. Hmm. Okay. Do tell. And this is no lie because I was watching the credits. And apparently, I don't know who the assistant director was, but he was called The Legend. It was in quotes, assistant director. Oh, I saw that. The legend. Yeah. And who the fuck I, is that? I caught but, that on the pass by and I went, wait a minute, legend? Who are you talking about the legend? Yeah. It's Larry Zabisco doing there. But um, it's that original music, like the, the theme for ECW mm-hmm. was Stephen C. Troot. And I'm assuming I'm saying it right because the last name is T R U I T T. True it. That true it. That is Stevie Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I have no idea. But all I all I can tell you was that um, whoever the guy was that put the show together, I think his name was Maddie. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it it was a generic music bed. Mm-hmm. It, I looked it up. Stevie Wonderful is the guy that performed the the original like Cabrini College ECW theme. It was Stevie Wonderful. Well, good for Stevie Wonderful. <laughs> That's going to be the biggest thing on his resume. <laughs> uh, he, he's, the, he's the Cabrini College fucking uh, what, what do they call that? team guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's terrible. But um, but uh, as far as like the music goes, like that's why the WWE Network didn't even change the music <laughs> because it, it it was all generic. It was a generic bed. They mm-hmm. got it from the TV studio, so they didn't have to change the music, which I'm very grateful for because I'm glad because now it makes you feel like oh, now I'm watching what I used to watch, you know? Right. Because that, as we'll see later on in the show, well, yeah, we're going to get into some bad WWE dubbed music on the network in these shows. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. By the way, are we going to do um? Are we going to do like the pay per views and stuff? Yeah. 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 Oh boy! Yeah, All we're right. gonna do the super summer, <laughs> super summer sizzler slam spectaculars. Thing. We'll be doing that in a couple of weeks. Just Whatever. try to find out how many S's you could put in a fucking goddamn <laughs> fucking show. The Super yeah. Summer Spectacular Slamming fucking <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> actually, I, I mean, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm actually looking forward to the Eddie Gilbert, um, Terry Funk Chainsaw Massacre because I, I'm pretty sure I was there. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Funk and Gilbert aren't going to let down. 
right. you know, the crowd. But obviously, in the undercard, you're going to see the Super Ds against Larry Larry Winters and Stetson, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you got you got to deal with all of that because it's <laughs> ECW. But you know, but as long as they're going to have um, Eddie Gilbert and and Funk doing that, then I'm all I was all there, and I didn't even give a shit what the undercard was. So overall. I gave I gave this week's show, I actually gave this week's show a two, mainly based on the fact that I didn't mind the tag title match, and I do enjoy me some Sal Balomo on this show. So I did I did give the show a two this week out of five. Aaron, what'd you think? One and a half. <laughs> one and a half. Did you yeah. like the tag title match? Is that what gave you at least a one and a half? I liked the tag. I didn't say I liked the tag title match when Stetson and Candido were in there. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I, I I like actually like Tommy Cairo and JT as a tag team. Chad, what do you think out of five? Well, I mean, first off, I want to know what happened to Ty Gordon's dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think mean, it's a mystery that ever gets solved. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it better because <laughs> Mr. Fuji, Mr. Fuji kicked, cooked it up and fed it to him. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I'm friends with Todd on Facebook, so I might message him and ask him, "What did Eddie Gilbert do to your dog?" <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, like "What the there, fuck are you talking like, about?" I don't, like, I don't I'll, talk I'll about him, it, man. I'll, I'll send him a message and I'll go seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did Eddie do to your dog, man? <laughs> And why the hell did you have somebody from Lexington, Tennessee, up in Philadelphia yeah, at your house you watching your dog? You couldn't <laughs> find a neighbor? <laughs> you know, somebody more responsible than Eddie Gilbert, who's turned heel more than Austin Idol, you know, <laughs> to, to watch your, you know, your canine? I, I don't know. But um, a, a, overall, I give it, I mean, what is the what is the growing census as far as each week? It's been around a two, right? Yeah, I've been averaging around about a two. two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say this was probably a little bit better than the last couple shows, but I don't even know why. I th- like I said, for me, I liked the tag title match. I liked it, the title change. Um, Funk's promo was good. I like I said, I, Sal Balomo on these shows is a guilty pleasure that I'm enjoying Super watching D. him. Yeah, Super D, Super, number, B. Super D and Super D and number three. <laughs> it's me, Sal Malomo. Um, so let's do the preview of next week's show uh, from the WWE Network. It'll be June 1st, 93. On this edition of Eastern Championship Wrestling, the ECW Championship is on the line when the Sandman defends the title against Don Morocco. Plus, J.T. Smith in action, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, and ECW TV champion Jimmy Snuka face Glenn Osborne and Tommy Cairo. (laughs) Getting involved in somebody else's business again. That and much, much more next week on ECW. Well, who said that much, much, much much more? WWE Network did. (laughs) Because my much, much more is I'm hoping that you see more of uh, Ernesto Beneficio. (laughs) Maybe it's Ernesto. Maybe it's our next. Sooner or later, we're going to start. We're going to start seeing Donnie Allen, who is one of my all-time favorites. So he's right there, like Ernesto Beneficio. I don't know if he worked for Eddie Gilbert or Paulie or whatever, but he's my favorite. (laughs) And Chad, I know earlier. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I don't know. Maybe it's the. Maybe it's going to be a big Ernesto 
Beneficio versus the Canadian Wolfman match. Maybe that's the much more. Seriously. Don't even don't even waste time on this podcast with that. <laughs> if that match is on, we all get to skip it. That's the rule. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I mean, mark my words, once you start seeing a change in the um in the production values, and then once you start seeing the change in the ring, mm-hmm. then you know that when Paul E took over. And it's got to be coming. Because there's no way Paul, Todd can keep bleeding whatever it was money, you mm-hmm. know, that he's paying Eddie Gilbert a week. There's no way. Because now, it's literally the same, we, like, eight guys every now, single week. We need, to, we need to change Canadian Wolf. We need to change Canadian Wolfman's name to Wolf, <laughs> Wolfman Whack. I guess Wolfman Whack. Well, it's does. Awful. Okay, my qu- a question, a question quickly. Does. Now, did Paul become the booker? Like, did okay Eddie leaves and Paul become the booker, or did Paul start helping Eddie book before? Like, were they book? Did they book together at some point? Well, like, this was the first. The reason I ask that is because I do know we're going to go through the whole thing of we're we'll go through the whole thing of Eddie doing the annoying thing as the king of Philadelphia. So that's why I'm saying is did did Paul. Did Paul start booking before Eddie left, or did he book start booking when Eddie left? Well, it, it, like like I said, uh, well, I was going to say, like if you watch the closing credits of this show, mm-hmm. this was the first show that I saw that, that the associate producer was Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, yeah, okay. This this I was the first one in, in, th- that I saw that it was Paul Heyman. I think Paul. So, I think Paulie started as his booking assistant. Well, yeah, I mean, booking assistant, but buddy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Best friend kind of thing. Yeah, they had tremendous. Title on it. They had tremendous success at Continental, doing the same exact thing in a small market. But now you're in a bigger market like Philadelphia, and they're bloodthirsty fans, and you're giving them Jimmy Snooker versus Glenn Osborne. Seriously, you, you have to like, you know, you know, they're 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 going in the right direction, but they don't know like they don't have like the right ingredients. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense to say like this is where we're going to go. We, we need somebody better than Glenn Osborne and Tommy Cairo and you know the Rocket Rebel Jake kind of thing. Chief. But we're going in the right direction. But you still got Morocco mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know. But, you know, but Terry Funk to me is going to be the the pivotal point in the whole entire ECW like turnaround. Mm-hmm. That's when I think fans are going to start taking ECW way more serious. Than he did because I know I, I looked at it like I'm watching it now, just watching it going, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 it's it's not even being like judgmental. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's the same people every single week, you know, and, and they're the all interchangeable. Treading water. Yeah, you're not Treading making water. stars. Mm-hmm. None of the guys are getting enough in a promo time to get their gimmicks over, which I don't know what Larry Winter's gimmick is. Maybe he works <laughs> at a car wash. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Tony Stetson looks like he just, he, you know, he's, you know, he's a, he's a fucking, he has, he's a bookie. I don't fucking know what he does. <laughs> but I mean, why not explain that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They just, they go out there and like, <laughs> What 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 does Larry Winters bring to the to the building as far as his suitcase? Like a paper bag with his trunks in it? He don't have he don't have uh, knee pads, elbow pads, a jacket. You know, just, most guys roll into the building wearing a suitcase. You know, they're, they're, they're carrying just a gimmick. And some boots. 
Yeah. He just so rolled in. I'm Larry Winters. <laughs> I'm Larry Winters. Look at my mullet. Don't you at know least, who I am? At least that would be something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny to me that Larry Winters was around in, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, for some reason, I guess Paul Lee, because Paul Lee was around when Larry Winters was somewhat of a decent name in the in the late 80s for um, the NWF. So Paulie kept him around for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just not good. And I'm sorry. I, I don't want to beat him up over it, but he's so independent. Yeah. Right. Like, he looks like he's know, out all, there in his, it looks like he's out there in his undies. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, his like, bumps are, all his bumps are elementary. You know, when somebody throws a clothesline, who the fuck is going to run into somebody's arm that's just sticking out? <laughs> you know, when, when Larry, you throw Larry a guy Winter. into the rope. You know, Larry you throw Winters. a guy into the rope and you stick your right arm out and you expect a guy to run into it. Yeah. Larry Winters should have been like, I'm Larry Winters, the fruit of the doom. It's stuff like that. It just makes me wonder, like, how the fuck do these guys survive that long? <laughs> I mean, because I'm not saying I was anything like anything spectacular, but. One of my biggest praises was when I was breaking in was everybody loved the way that I sold mm-hmm. because you sold everything you got that happened to you and you sold it the right way. Larry Winters just took a bump. Like you stick your arm out, you run into it. You lay down. Boom. <laughs> Larry Winters hits a big move and the crowd starts chanting <laughs> BVD. BVD. <laughs> yeah. Fruit of the loom. Fruit of the loom. <laughs> Good thing uh, he never shit himself. <laughs> Depends. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have a, a change of outfit. <laughs> I'm sure he wore them and tights underneath his jeans. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. journeyman Larry Winters, the <laughs> the star of the tail end of this show. <laughs> I love the new gimmick too. See, I love it. <laughs> Fruit of the doom. <laughs> so. Aaron, any parting words for our for our listeners this week? Nope. Just thanks right. for listening. Chad, any cheap plugs you'd like to throw in here? Of course, man. I'm always about the cheap plugs. Right. I've learned that from Mick Foley. <laughs> well, we, we, first of all, we got to thank all the new members of the 2300. Yes. That I saw your post today. I'm glad that we're growing exponentially. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, our numbers are getting bigger. And our our... our you know, our podcast is getting more and more listens. And I'm hoping to get John Finnegan as a guest on one of these shows. That would be awesome. Yes, I, I think it would be awesome as well. And I, I want to say um, you can always follow me on the Twitter as uh, Chad Austin Demera, which I don't really do anything except post beer huggies, <laughs> clearly. And, hey, I look and, forward uh, to the beer huggy of the day. Thank you very much. Uh, I've been doing it forever. <laughs> and I never post the same beer huggy twice. And um. There's an, another podcast. You're like the Mill Mascaris of beer huggies. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, Mill Mascaris still wears the same mask. <laughs> like, he takes the one mask off, but he wears the same mask after that. <laughs> but um, there's another podcast that I like to promote. My friend, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are into vinyl records. Yes. Actually, recently yeah. just started getting them again. Yeah, my, 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 my close personal friend, his name is Dave Morris. He he does a podcast called uh, Hip Hop um, Vinyl Spinners. It's a podcast where he does a um, a review of hip hop records, mm. and he's a he's a wrestling fanatic like me. 
So he was a guy that I was hoping we can get on one day. Sure. Because he's one of my old-time friends. And when I told you I was going out of town this weekend, and if you wanted to do another show, he'd be a guy to have on the show. And um, I want to say Hip Hop Vinyl Spinners is a great podcast. And I'm just happy to be part of this show. You guys have been fantastic, and you treated me well. And this is great, except for the fucking wrestling. God damn. (laughs) Can we get a Dudley... Can we get a Dudley boy on there sooner or later? <laughs> sooner or later. One of these days. <laughs> well, we appreciate having you technically on. Technically, Canadian Wolfman's a Dudley. <laughs> Just because his name is a Dudley he's, don't mean he's, 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 he's Dudley old boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a Dudley old doozy. <laughs> Much like his whole entire doozy, Kaboom doozy Dudley. Doozy Dudley. <laughs> Dudley. That's Wolfman's new name, Doozy Dudley. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, this whole entire Cabrini College thing is, um, I, I don't know, it was a failed experiment. I, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know how much money Todd paid for all this. I don't know. Like, what you know, what, it, what went into it. But clearly, Eddie Gilbert, Eddie Gilbert to me is um, not the kind of booker that you want to book for a company that needs to run week by week. Mm-hmm. You know? Like Memphis, you could run. Memphis runs week by week, and if you ever heard any of these stories about Dutch Mantel and Eddie Gilbert, how Dutch books and how Eddie Gilbert books, he books month in, month out, right? And Gilbert books shows, or uh, Dutch books show to show, and Gilbert he just spends too much time on the meticulous things. But you're like your meticulous things is Glenn Osborne, <laughs> you know. Well, I heard. I, I don't know if it's true, but I heard they wanted to get out of the Cabrini College. And they were trying to do something with the middle school, but the middle school found out Sal Baloma was on the card, and they're like, "He's not allowed within fifty feet of this." Well, so much for <laughs> that's why he became Super Destroyer number three. Hey, put the mask on. He's like, "I'm trying to get out of here, brother." Well, yeah, <laughs> we gotta go. To, we gotta go to the middle school. <laughs> yeah, he needed a payday, man. <laughs> I'm not. The, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on Sal Baloma. <laughs> like, imagine if he owned a pizza joint. <laughs> uh, who like wouldn't Nate. order a pizza from Sal Bolomo? He's like Matthew McConaughey on fucking Days and Confused. Yeah, picks <laughs> the, well, the same man. He's like, hey, heck, you know what I like about that? I I, I would love if Sal Bolomo if, if Sal Bolomo had a pizza joint. He <laughs> <laughs> don't even have to make a pizza. He just has to be the guy at the front counter. Yes. He goes, I'm Sabalomo, Super Destroyer number three. <laughs> and everybody looks at him like, well, I ordered a pepperoni. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you got going on back there. But. <laughs> Lifts his mask up to get a breath. Put yeah. Back down. Don't <laughs> worry about what I got it going on back there. <laughs> yeah. Here's a your slice. <laughs> what the fuck? Keep it in your mouth like that. <laughs> I think I, I think I said last week that this could have been the the, um, the least amount of notes that I wrote ever on the show. Mm. I think I've outdid myself. <laughs> I think I'm saving paper by by watching these fucking shows because the <laughs> last the last thing I wrote I had plenty of space at the end of my thing where I wrote Funk and Gordon the Family Dog Funk promo, and then I wrote Thank fucking God it's over. I had just enough space to write all that in big letters because uh, honestly, we, we were talking, I think it was me and you, Nate, we were talking earlier about um, bad wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, if we didn't know any better and didn't know what ECW had became 
you know, later on, this would classify as yeah. bad wrestling. Would, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Would we have given up on this by now? Like, I'm not going to watch this anymore. <laughs> There's a good possibility we would It's a bigger sell. It's a bigger pe- Come on down. They, they get to eat for free. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> it really is. It's it's bad. Like, like, like I, I, wrote, I wrote at one point that... um. Uh, where the fuck is it at right here? Oh, Jesus Christ. I wrote something about, um, this is, this is, uh, I wouldn't dive in this talent pool. <laughs> like, because Not literally, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's Snooka, Morocco, Gilbert, Pauly, Sal Balomo, Glenn Osborne, JT Smith, Tommy Cairo, The Rebel, Sandman. Not diving in that pool. <laughs> no. Uh, I bring my neck for one. For one, somebody probably peed in it, and two, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it's bad. But I mean, it gets it, it, better. I mean, I have no idea what Todd's putting in for money, but you know, I, I guess you guys heard the promos about how much Eddie was making, blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm assuming that Todd probably put what uh, what a quarter of a million. Is that probably start? Is that what the rumor was? I guess yeah, somewhere around yeah, there. I think actually that article, that article that I read a few weeks ago that let me know who and what Stevie Wonderful was, that was pretty close. It was like between two and two, two and a half, I think. Yeah, and the production cost got to be about seven bucks a week. <laughs> well, no, I mean from um, the studio and all, it's got to be about two thousand. Mm-hmm. Plus, you got to pay to air it, and you got to pay to send that guy out to the Double Cross Ranch. Well, what do you mean, um, Eddie Gilbert's brother? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you got to pay. Um, you got to pay um, Stevie Wonderful <laughs> and Jay Stully. I mean, that's going to bankrupt you. I think Stevie Wonderful worked for Room and Board. <laughs> just to have his name on the credits. Yeah, just let me just let me stay in the basement at the Cabrini College. I'll be good. <laughs> That'll be wonderful. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again this week for another edition of the 2300 Pod. Chad, Aaron, thank you for joining me. And we will see you all again next week as we continue this journey 